From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have blues songstress Sheba potts Wright. Grammy-nominated blues man Guy Davis will also be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week, we've got Sheba Potts Wright on the show. She's got a sultry southern sound that blends some of the best elements of the blues, but she says she leaves out the painful parts of the genre in favor of the more upbeat. That's right. The longtime Echo Records artist was raised by her father, Bill Street harp legend Dr. Robert Feelgood Potts. But much of her repertoire is inspired by her years under the tutelage of Denise LaSalle, another dynamo queen of the down-home blues style. And it's easy to tell that that lineage exists. Sheba has a presence that is to be reckoned with whenever she walks into a room. When she joined us, she made sure that everyone nearby knew that she is the new millennium R&B diva. Well, of course, that's not her only connection to blues legends of the past. Definitely not. Her father brought her up on the touring circuit with all of the greats. Willie Clayton, Bobby Blue Bland, Marvin Cease, Tyrone Davis, the list goes on. And when you say she was raised on the Chitlin circuit, you're truly not kidding. She's lived in many of America's greatest blue cities. I mean, Sheba was born in Chicago and raised between Detroit and Greenwood, Mississippi. After attending Russ College in Holly Springs, she landed in Memphis, where she actually worked for many years for Labonner Children's Hospital. And it was there that she gained an affinity for community causes. That's right. Still today, she often performs in support of charities that benefit survivors of violence and awareness for illnesses such as sickle cell anemia. When we got the chance to see Sheba at Club Paradise, she was contributing to a show which promoted awareness for victims of domestic violence, a turmoil Potts Wright says she knows all too well. Yes, she's certainly passionate about the cause as a survivor herself. Through her confidence and strength, she hopes to be a beacon of hope for other women trying to make it through. Here's Sheba Potts Wright, live on Bill Street Caravan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to do one of my hit songs. They're still out. It kind of made me say, from tell me something good, from I'll be the other woman, I say, you know what? I got a song I want to sing and record that's going to tell them straight up how I feel. Is it all right?
Here's more from Sheba Potts Wright live on Bill Street Caravan. But I ain't trying to mess with no young man. Because I messed around and got me a young man. It was cool. Y'all know what? Bad boys ain't no
was Sheba Potts Wright, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more information on Sheba, check out echorecords.com. We'll be back with more music from Sheba in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation and is also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. This week, we learn about Memphis Mini. Big Bill Brunsey glanced around the crowded Union Hall. He saw every guitar picker and piano player from every tavern on the south side of Chicago except one. Looked like everybody brought a bottle. Washboard Sam sidled up to Bill and said, You know you could beat that woman playing, and anybody in here know that you the best guitar picker around. Bill just shook his head. I don't know about that, he said. Memphis Minnick can make a guitar speak. She can make it cry. She can make it moan. She can make it whistle. Maybe she won't show. Washboard Sam winked. Tampa Red jumped on stage and shouted through the mic. Y'all know the rules. 
Our finalists each get two songs to sway this illustrious panel of judges, including Sleepy John Estes, Sonny Boy Williamson, and myself. The crowd roared and hoisted their bottles high. Grand prize, Tampa Red yelled. One-fifth Gordon's Gin. And you know what our friends at Fortune Magazine said. This stuff only goes into martinis and Negroes. <laughs> the crowd booed, hissed, and laughed as Tampa continued. And one-fifth black gold whiskey. If you're too fancy to drink from the bottle, their cap makes a fine goblet, ladies and gentlemen. First up, Mr. William Brunsey, known to us friends as Big Pill. Feel like falling, I feel like crying, I feel so bad, baby Lord, I just feel like dying. While Big Bill played, she started to move through the crowd, from the back of the hall toward the stage. She caught Bill's eye like a shooting star, gleaming in a river of dark suits. She wore a bracelet as big as a shield with a new silver dollar stuck in it. She carried her guitar, a chrome resonator. Her gold tooth sparkled and her eyes shined. But where the long red fingernails should have glimmered, Bill saw worn, calloused, picking fingers. He was in for a fight. Big Bill shut his eyes to look deep in song. Everyone cheered until Tampa Red called Minnie up. Minnie stood there in her gown and high heels, looking the whole place in the eye. She puffed out her cheek and spat a brown jet of tobacco and tore into her soul. I'm a bad luck woman. I'm a bad luck woman. Can't be the reason why. Memphis Minnie didn't need a second number to beat Big Bill. The house rocked. People in the crowd bowed at her feet and reached up to squeeze her hand. Sleepy John and Sonny Boy hoisted her up on their shoulders and carried her around the hall like a champion until they came face to face with Kansas Joe, Minnie's husband. Put her down, Joe said. She can walk. Sleepy John and Sonny Boy set Minnie on the floor. Joe picked up her wrist and led her toward the exit. Minnie stopped and looked back for her prize. The bottles had disappeared. She turned back and noticed the collar of Joe's long underwear peeking out from the top of his shirt. She plucked off a piece of scarlet thread and wrapped it around her finger. I'd rather be the devil, oh, rather be the At dawn, they lay in bed. Joe snored with his heavy arm across Minnie. She stared at the ceiling and thought of Beale Street. Minnie remembered a conjure woman named Reddy Money. Back then, Minnie was working in a house on 3rd Street. Reddy Money had a booth around the corner in Church's Park. Black magic interested Minnie. She wanted to learn witchcraft, but Reddy Money refused Minnie's cash. Minnie could still hear the old conjure woman say, no, baby. Women out here for themselves got to help each other. Ready Money said that the real power of conjure came not from the spell, but from the belief in the spell, the fear that it would work. The mind took care of the rest. Ready Money made sure to be seen sprinkling goofa dust around someone's house. 
That was when Minnie met Joe. Their bond wasn't exactly magical. He got her off 3rd Street and into music full-time, though. He didn't hate her for hustling. I'm just hitting a lick, Minnie told Joe. I'd do the same thing if I could, he said with his sly smile. They made beautiful music together, no doubt. Joe got many on records, and together they got out of the South to a cold water flat in Chicago. Still, Joe was a man and Minnie was a woman. She had to play behind. If it keeps on raining, going to break. If it keeps on raining, going to break. And the water gonna come and have no place to stay. Under a man on 3rd Street or behind him on record felt about the same. Now, Minnie didn't care if Joe lost his nature. And no magic could force him to leave Chicago. It wasn't personal. She'd come as far as Joe could get her. Memphis Minnie wanted to keep going. Lying beside Joe, she repeated Ready Money's spells in her mind. Minnie pushed Joe's arm up and wiggled down out of the bed. He slumped back on the pillow. She needed just one more thing from him, a hair long enough to intertwine with one of her own. Joe's face was clean, his head was neatly barbered, his chest bare. Minnie had no other choice. She slipped her cold nail clippers into the dark and snipped. Oh, she was evil, oh, she was evil. Would not change her mind, change her mind. A minute later, she stood in the kitchen. She plucked one hair from her head, twisted her hair and Joe's hair together like a braid. Minnie tore a piece of brown paper bag from Joe's wine bottle. With a black ink pen, she wrote Joe's name on the brown paper seven times. She took a red ink pen and wrote the spell over Joe's name seven times as she muttered the incantation, Love me or die, love me or die, love me or die. Minnie balled the brown paper around the two hairs and carried the packet over to the sink. She dribbled seven drops from a bottle of Hoyt's cologne onto the brown paper. Ready Money echoed, Keep it wet until the son of a bitch act right or go. Minnie moistened the brown paper ball with her own urine. Minnie wrapped the red thread she pulled off Joe's long johns around the wet packet. She bent down without a sound and placed it under Joe's side of the bed. He snored. Now look at hoodoo lady, I want you to treat me right. Bring my man back home, but don't let him stay all night. And don't put that thing on me. Don't put that thing on me. Don't put that thing on me, cause I'm going back to Tennessee. Two mornings later, Minnie came home from the market. In the one-room flat, their guitars leaned against the wall, Joe's acoustic and Minnie's silver resonator. The L thundered past, blacking the gray daylight from the window and shaking the glass. She saw Joe standing beside the bed, still in his long johns. He held something red in his hand. He looked up. Devilment, he barked. He threw down the jack ball, and the brown paper splattered wet on the hardwood floor. I'll take you back to 3rd Street, Joe said. Get you hustling again. Work this devilman off your hands. Minnie smiled her gold-toothed grin and said, Love me or die, Joe. Wants to see my chauffeur. Wants to see my 
Joan just let her go. Years went by. Langston Hughes wrote a poem about her. Hard and strong, he called her. Didn't mention a thing about Kansas Joe. On a stormy winter morning, ten souls gathered around a hole in the ground to bid Joe farewell. Big Bill stood there like he did on that night long ago at the musician's hall. That's a bad luck woman, said Big Bill to another mourner. Blows in like a breeze to cut my ass, but leaves us wondering by her old husband's grave. Stole the show again. to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Street Caravan has been bringing the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the musicians who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. Again, it's iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Tourism, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we've got new millennium R&B diva, Miss Sheba potts Wright. Sheba is a bit of a hidden gem in Memphis. Even some of her most attentive fans may not have heard from her in some time. That's right. She says she's been taking a bit of a break from the spotlight to focus on charity and family in the wake of her husband's passing, as well as some of her close friends. But a lot of people may know her for one particular hit, even if they didn't realize. I think that would be Slow Roller, a staple originally sung by The Love Doctor. When Sheba debuted her first CD in 2001, she gave fans a taste of the familiar by adding a woman's perspective to the already ubiquitous tune. 
When Sheba came to visit us in the studio, she donned a Miss Slow Roll It t-shirt, proving that the song's impact endures even today. I might need to get me one of those t-shirts, come to think of it. I'd love to see how you could pull that off. As we mentioned earlier, Sheba doesn't pull any punches, often playing up the tropes of a temptress on stage. You don't have to look much further than song titles like I Need a Cowboy to Ride My Pony or Private Fishing Hole. How about we don't go too far down that list of titles? Is that oh, all right? That's fine. Well, all right. With all of that aside, let's tune back in with Sheba, the temptress, at Club Paradise in Memphis. Here's more from Sheba Potts Wright live on Bill Street Caravan. We get ready for showtime, y'all. Make some noise for the Millennium Diva Blues, Miss Sheba Potts Wright. Hey, come on, put your hands together. Hey, come on, come on, come on.
Wonderful, beautiful Sheba Potts right here with me today. Sheba, how are you doing? Today? I'm well. How are you today? You prefer is Sheba fine or Miss Miss Potts right? Sheba is gonna be wonderful. All I'm right. a cougar, so Sheba fine. All right then. Really, you know, we can start from from what you have going on here today because I want people to know about your legacy and about your history, but I also want them to know where we're moving forward. Tell me, you working on anything with, with Echo right now? I actually started with Echo Records, and uh, I've given Echo probably about 10 CDs wow. and a greatest. Uh-huh. So they are waiting on me now to get my behind back over there and do another one, <laughs> which is good. It's really good. So, yes, the plan is to... Uh, go ahead and get something done before August. Well, Sheba, while we're waiting on your record in the meantime, but have you been working with anybody else? You've been sitting in with anybody else? I sure have. That's a great question to ask. I had the opportunity to work with Robert Allen Parker. He's also referred to as Lightning. This guy here has also played guitar for my dad, and he just loves me. That's why I have to give him his props. He put out two albums for Bill Street, and I think on the first one I did two songs, and on the new upcoming one he had me to do three songs. So I have been working with him in the meantime of getting my album together. Okay, then we'll look out for that brother, brother <laughs> Thank Lightning. You. Brother Lightning, that's right, with the big sideburns. Cool white brother. All right. <laughs> when you say on your own, you started out with your father, Dr. Feelgood Potts, mm -hmm. correct? Yes, that is my father. He's a good man, and he is known for... The harmonica, blues harmonica. My dad, uh, I like to reference that he's a great man because my dad took me and raised me at three years on up to now, I should say, because he still tries to tell me what to do. <laughs> 
But he taught me everything that I know in this blues life. He brought me out, I think, probably like in 89. And uh, that's when everybody got just really familiar with me on that circuit, the big circuit. So yeah, I started out with him. And then after him, Denise LaSalle, which is my dad's play sister. You know, we grew up with our play sisters. I understand. She was my aunt, she was my godmother, and she was my mother, musical mother from the blues. And I traveled with her until I got my first hit. Tell me, what was being with Denise LaSalle, who, you know, many um, know as a legend, uh, and you standing in that legacy yeah. as a legend yourself, what did you carry on from her? I learned so much from her. I learned how to deal with the public when it came down to business. I, I learned how to deal with the public as far as the singing, how to grab their attention, what to do, what not to do, who to hang around, who not to hang around. I learned everything from that lady. There are so many guys, men, that have come to me and tried to get me to do things that, you know, you don't do. I'm like, I know I'm good enough. She taught me that. She said, never settle for a wooden nickel. She said, always stand your ground. If you know you're good at what you do, you'll never have to worry about, um, well, if you do this uh, with me or for me, then I'll do this and I'll do that. You know? So she taught me how to remain a lady. That's the word. Absolutely. Remain absolutely. a lady in this business. Uh, as a woman in that sector, if you want to think of it as the blues, you want to think of it as the rhythm and blues or the southern soul, I noticed that you carry yourself in your music and on stage and even in this room, you have a, if you don't mind me saying that, I, I don't want to get out of hand, <laughs> a little sensuality, you know, wherever you go. What What is it like being a woman and carrying that energy everywhere you go? Well, it's hard, but... You know, if it's in you, regardless where it came from, if it's in you, it's going to be there, and it's going to show. And I thank you, by the way, for saying that. And on another note, it's kind of hard when you're out here dealing with all these men on this stage. They're dominant. But when you get, catch a woman like myself, I'm dominant too. It's like, okay, I got to step off or I got to try to make her weak. I don't fall for the weak stuff. I don't fall for that. So, you know, it makes it easier for me to handle them. I noticed that a lot of the gigging that you do is connected to causes. It's connected to the children that have sickle cell, uh, also uh, stopping the violence. I'm glad you mentioned that about the sickle cell and the worthy causes. I want to do more. With the sickle cell, uh, I don't know if you have seen it. I want to offer your listeners to go check it out. It's, a, it's called the Sickle Cell Rap, and it's featuring Sheba Potts, right? But it's also mostly focus on the kids with St. Jude. I used to work for St. Jude Children's Hospital for years. Then I left there and went to Labonna Children's Hospital where I met this uh, clergy and uh, he works for nonprofit organizations and he put on a domestic violence concert and he said, Sheba, I wanted you. And I must say they took very good care of me and they made me be even more of the lady that I am. Uh, being that I had been a part of domestic violence myself. So this is the reason why I said, okay, I want to be a part of this. Well, we're blessed to, to have you uh, as, a, as a living testament and through lyric and through song and through performance, being able to uh, minister and to reach out Amen. to those that are uh, need to hear this message and the message that you shared that night. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us today. Mm-hmm. Lovely Queen Sheba, Miss <laughs> Sheba. They call me, they used to call me the new millennium diva of the blues because I came in not crying, not uh, complaining, 
mean, I came in making it happen. And like All I right. said, standing up, not sitting down. <laughs> but if I can't add to Please. this, if it's okay, I've taken a different turn in life now. I love what I do. I have slowed down a whole lot. I lost my husband three years ago, April 1st. And so many things have changed in my life. So I'm putting it out there. If there's anybody out there that hear my voice, please reach out to Facebook on the Sheba Pots Right. You can find me on Instagram on the Sheba Pots because we need to encourage each other more. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sheba. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Here's more from Sheba Pots Right live on Bill Street Caravan. It's time for me to go, y'all, but before I go, I got to do this last song. We love you, Wolf, okay? You know you're my daddy, and I love you. Welcome back to Slow Rolling Dancers, y'all, before we go. Go today. 
Sheila Potts Wright, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on her and her solo releases, head over to echorecords.com. That's E-C-K-O records.com. And if you want to see Sheila Potts Wright live, you're just going to have to come to Memphis because she's one of those artists and one of those great performances that you can only find in this music city. 
special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public radio. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag iListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm -hmm.